Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we tap experts on topics that matter most to the modern working woman. Whether you are running the show or working your side hustle, we're bringing in leading female entrepreneurs to share their stories with you. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Catherine Duria, the founder and CEO of Year and Day, which is the one-stop shop for tableware, is on a mission to remove the antiquated ideas around formal dining. Catherine has bootstrapped her business and then gone on to raise money to create the incredible direct-to-consumer brand, and I am so excited to talk to her today about building a team, a business, and disrupting an industry. Welcome, Catherine. Okay, so welcome. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Amazing. So we'll just dive right in because I want to learn all about you and your business and everything I'm seeing all over Instagram. So you are a Stanford MBA graduate, but like, did you ever think entrepreneurship was something you were going to explore? Was it something in your blood? Tell us everything. Yeah. So I think that I had longtime aspirations to become an entrepreneur. For me, I think When I graduated from business school, it did not feel like the right time for me to start a business. And so I guess the right time for me was, you know, several years out of business school when I had more domain expertise. I had a very clear insight into the business I wanted to build and why um, it was the right time to build it. And so kind of all of those things came together, um, you know, when they did, when I did to start year and day. (laughs) And, you know, I think what's interesting is that you worked at Tiffany and Company, you did a stint at the White House. A lot of our audience, you know, what's interesting is that they're like, I'm coming out of a 10 year career in corporate and I want to be an entrepreneur. So how did that time inform what you're learning now or did it not at all? Yeah, I think that you know, I'm sure every entrepreneur has a different point of view on this. In my perspective, there is no job that prepares you to be an entrepreneur. Um, Being an entrepreneur is a very unique experience 
in which you are learning every day new things. And so I think the ability to, there are skills you learn in other jobs, there's domain expertise you learn in other jobs, but you learn to be an entrepreneur while you are being an entrepreneur. (laughs) I all agree on that. So tell us about how you decided on the business you were going to start and where did the name come from? Actually, you know, I've, I've long, long loved hosting and entertaining alongside um, the tableware category, dishware and ceramics specifically. Growing up, it was often my chore slash delight to help set the table. Um, and my mother was very meticulous about making sure that we had a properly set table at every meal. Um, there was always a placemat or a tablecloth and a napkin, and it was just so... And for special occasions, she would bring out collections of dishes from her mother and pass down from my dad's side of the family. And so it would be this like grand decision as like which which dishes you would use to set the table. So she taught me not only a deep love of this category, but also um, about the importance of the ritual of setting the table to prepare the table for um, you know, having a wonderful event and great connection and conversation over a meal. And when I, so kind of fast forward many, many years, decades, even, um, I was living in New York city. I decided to move back home to San Francisco where I'm from. And when I lived in New York, I had some beautiful hand-me-down plates from my mother. Um, when I got back to San Francisco, unfortunately they had broken in the move and I was actually quite excited to go out and you know, kind of, I saw this as this right hand ring moment. I wasn't yet married, you know, often buying plates can be associated with getting married. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out and buy plates without getting married and furnish my, you know, apartment, how I want to furnish my apartment and have dinner parties. And, and I was so excited. And when I went out shopping, it was so, first of all, it was very overwhelming. There were like so many choices and there were a lot of like really fancy, like very ornate patterns that I found really beautiful to look at, but like didn't feel at home in my home or right for my style. Um, And when I found pieces that were kind of more right for my style, I was really had some sticker shock. Like uh, the prices were 40, 50, $80. And I thought about breaking one and thinking about how bad I would be and frustrated and having to to pay to replace it. And I kind of walked away, um, you know, pretty frustrated and realized that I, I'd say like, moreover, you know, even in that process, like there were also no brands that I was really like relating to or connecting to, or like that kind of spoke to the way that I was living my life as like a busy working professional who also wanted to have cocktail parties and dinner parties and entertain at home. And so I started like digging into the industry a little bit more to see if this was just like me not being as good of a shopper as I thought, but really it was, it was an industry problem. And what I learned was that it was an industry problem. The average age of, you know, top table top brands is over a hundred years old. Um, There's been very little kind of like innovation in design or in brand or in, um, selling experiences in the category. And so it seemed like an opportunity to marry my love of the category and passion for entertaining with, um, you know, a $7 billion market opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And so I love this. And when it comes to 
like the name, the website, the launch, like how much did you plan out? Where did it come from? Like in terms of like building your site, like how, like, I think a lot of people, what freaks them out about entrepreneurship is like, how do I get from idea to execution? Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit from like the idea moment to the execution, what that time was, how long did it take? Yeah. So I'd say, um, the idea from idea, I had the idea in, in the summertime in July and started working on it more seriously in the late fall. I think we incorporated it in October, November and launched about a year later. So call it a year. Yeah. Um, and I'd say for me, like the first and most important thing was the brand um, and our name. And it was about finding a a meaning and values that would that resonated with me and and would resonate with our with our customers and to me that's all about quality of time and time and thinking about how we spend our time um, I think all of us you know we're so hyper connected digitally that we've maybe forgotten about the importance of spending time connecting offline and connecting away from our devices and so that's something that year and day is really strongly about. And it's really in our name as well. So year and day is about time. It's about daily rituals. It's about annual celebrations. It's also a play on the category in which historically people have purchased kind of like special occasion, you know, fancy dinnerware, and then everyday kind of more ordinary dinnerware. And I really wanted to marry the two in the year and day assortment so that people felt like they were using the beautiful dishes every day. And, and so, you know, kind of, it started with the brand, you know, I really created this, I spent a lot of time and thought thinking about what was important in our brand architecture and, and bringing the name to life. And then, you know, the second piece was really about the product and the assortment and I design our products. And in my shopping experience, as I had seen some pieces that were inspiring to me in the ceramic vein, and again, a lot of them were very expensive and I spent a lot of my time in the early days because, you know, we didn't have an office or a team walking outside to get ideas and to brainstorm and to kind of muse about the brand. And, um, you know, I live in San Francisco and walk westward towards the ocean um, in the evenings. And really the, the color palette for year and day was inspired by those colors. Um, and so I designed our dishes in this signature semi-matte glaze and four colors that came from that inspiration. And then in order to kind of bring that inspiration of the semi-matte glaze to life, I did take a glaze making class, but I did not expect that I would professionally manufacture our glazes through what I learned in glaze making. Instead, actually, that was an area where I hired an external expert who'd been doing product development for 10 years. She'd gone to every trade show, you know, in home for 10 years, knew a lot of the suppliers. And was able to surface to me kind of a short list of folks who she felt like could execute my vision. That was a partner I brought on board. We traveled, we walked factory floors, we talked to suppliers, we shared the vision for the brand with them and found some really great partners who, you know, not only were were able to achieve my vision from a product design standpoint, um, but also really believed in the opportunity for year and day to kind of build this next generation of retail brand. And then building out the website was also kind of a, I'd say it was like, it ended up being quite a big task because um, I had a very specific vision about simplifying the process of shopping 
in this category through technology. Um, so basically, Year and Day has a recommendation engine in which you come to us and tell us about you know, your household composition and your hosting goals. And we tell you exactly what you need in your home to achieve those goals and tableware. And in order to do that, I talked to over 50 developers who like, I found, you know, through friends trolling the internet, this and that, the developers we ultimately went with, I remember sitting on my couch, it was two in the morning, and I was kind of list building and list building and list building. And I came across their site. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, these are the people. And and so that process was, I'd say, like, you know, a couple of months as well. Yeah, so it was, I'd say that like what I did in each of the, like what I did when I decided to start the company is I sat down and I was like, what are the pieces that I, the minimum number of things I need to do to put this idea into the market? And it was brand, it was product, it was website. And so I mapped out, and in fact, I still have a lot of these things in my files, and it's fun to go back and, and see how, you know, I basically mapped out every single thing that needed to happen underneath each of those. So it was like, you know, ranging from like, find a developer, build wireframe, you know, like every single detail, a timeline against it, a budget against it. And, you know, we really executed that vision kind of start to finish. Um, obviously, like with some delays along the way in different areas, you know, not... It, it, but, but nevertheless, it was about a year um, it, it, to, to bring year and day from idea to something in the real world. Hey guys, it's Carly from Create and Cultivate, and I'm here to talk to you about Acuity Scheduling. Here at CNC, we're all about work hacks. So between planning events, recording podcasts, or prepping our next product launch, we're a busy team. So any tool that'll make our work lives easier, we're all ears. Enter Acuity Scheduling, your virtual scheduling assistant. From the moment clients book, Acuity steps in to send booking confirmations, deliver text reminders, process payments, and more. Gone are the days of the annoying, what time works for you email chain. With Acuity Scheduling, clients can view your availability in real time and book their own appointments, easily reschedule, and even pay online. Get notified anytime a new appointment is booked, check your schedule right from your phone, and even tell Acuity to automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365, keeping your entire life in sync. This automation tool helps your day-to-day -day run smoother so you can focus on more important items. And best of all, Acuity scheduling can adapt to any business. It can accommodate multiple locations and employees, class bookings, private sessions, add-on sales, and even recurring subscriptions. If you're losing control of your busy schedule, visit acuityscheduling.com slash work party for a free 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling. And the best part, no credit card is required. So go online now and that's acuity, A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com. You guys, I am so proud of myself because I decided to not leave my holiday cards to the last minute this year for once. I ordered custom cards from Vistaprint. And let me tell you, the design process was so easy, so simple, and so quick. I used a collage of my favorite pictures from a vacation that my husband and I took to Spain and Paris earlier this year, chose a fun and festive design, and now we can share that unforgettable trip with all of our friends and family and give them major FOMO. No matter where you'll be spending your holidays this year, 
Whether it's skiing, sitting on a beach, or cuddled up at home with your favorite furry friends, nothing spreads holiday joy like custom cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And guess what? You can design your own in just minutes like I did. Simply select a card, card shape, design, upload your photos, choose your quantity, and you're all set. It is truly that easy. So what are you waiting for? Satisfaction is 100% guaranteed, or they'll make it right either by reprinting your order or issuing a refund. You really cannot go wrong. So this season, make more merry at vistaprint.com. That's V-I-S-T-A-P-R-I-N-T.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and photo calendars. Plus, great deals on photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter promo code WORK50. That's vistaprint.com promo code WORK50. This offer expires January 5th, so hop to it. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness. I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? You raised $2.4 million in your first round. Can you talk a little bit about that process and also, you know, strategically like what you were raising the money for and was it building a site? Is it building a team and how big is your team? So I think a lot of people um, don't necessarily understand like how, where this money goes, why it's important, all those things. Yeah. So I would say the bulk of that money we raised after we launched. So prior to launch, we had raised well under a million dollars to kind of put all of these pieces together to get proof of concept. Um, And so I'm just like an incredibly scrappy person and every single contract budget, line item, travel expense, you know, was very, very, very considered. Um, Because the truth of the matter is, I feel very fortunate that the business resonated with the market and we've been able to grow and build a team and kind of expand the vision alongside that. But there was a possibility that that wouldn't have been the case. And in that case, I wanted to spend the minimum amount of money to learn that that wasn't the case, if that makes sense. So I'd say like for others, you kind of want to get to this minimum viable product and like learn really quickly, like, is it a hit or is it not a hit? And then you can go out and raise capital in order to grow that idea. So I'd say like the bulk of that money was raised after we launched, after we had resonance, after we had customers. And with that capital, I grew our team. You know, I grew our, you know, marketing programming and brand investment and, you know, inventory investment, et cetera, in order to scale um, a concept that I had proven out. Yeah, that makes total sense. And so 11 months later, it was like you launched the website, the press pickup was, was immediate. Um, I, you know, your Instagram strategy is definitely one of your most valuable channels for customer acquisition. I know I get the ads and they're beautiful. And that's how I first learned about the brand. So it's working. Um, and Mandy Moore featured it, Eva Chen. I mean, these are things people die to have. Like, <laughs> tell us about your strategy when it came to influencers and celebrity and it being so successful. As, and also on the back of that, 
a little bit about Instagram advertising because I think it's it's a whole new world for people and how you've been leveraging that, um, you know, to help build your business and brand awareness. So absolutely. So I would say that the number one way our customers learn about us is actually through an account they follow on Instagram. So it's through this kind of organic conversation that's happening both among our customers and among the most incredible people like Mandy Moore and Eva Chen, who I still pinch myself that they own year and day in their homes and use it every day. Because we hadn't raised institutional capital prior to our launch, we had to be very strategic about how we wanted to grow awareness of the brand. And so influencer and celebrity are kind of these like, you know, moonshot, like they could be like big opportunities if they actually love the product and they post. And, and so that like, I can't, you, you don't know what somebody's like taste or style or resonance with your brand or brand values is necessarily going to be before you get the product physically in their hands. Um, so I would say with like both Mandy Moore and Eva Chen, so Eva Chen had actually posted, um, on her own Instagram when I first started working on year and day well before we launched that one of her life goals for the next year was to have matching dinnerware and that that was going to make her feel like a real adult. And I had just started working on year and day and I screenshotted that Instagram story and I like put it in Dropbox and I just used it as this like touchstone of inspiration and motivation to like move quickly. So we could like make sure to like, have Eva fall in love with our dishes before anybody else's dishes. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so we, you know, we sent her product. She loved it. She still loves it. You still see her like hanging out with our mugs and dishes and pieces. And um, I'm so, so grateful for that. And then Mandy Moore was doing this like dream home renovation with like an incredible interior designer and architect. And um, a woman on our team had been, had known, architect from college and so we sent her samples and Mandy loved the samples and it was this it was similarly like this thing of like you have to have a detachment from like wanting that to like actually happen but you're like you know that if it happens it will be so big and so Eva posted on December 1st and then Mandy's home renovation reveal happened in January so like I guess I would say like within three months of our launch we had these like two incredible women, like, you know, sharing the story of our brand on Instagram. And that was, I'd say like what launched our brand, frankly. And, you know, I'd say, of course, like that organic storytelling and brand storytelling is like really important for top of the funnel awareness building. And it's a cornerstone of our brand marketing strategy today. And we work with an incredible group of men and women on Instagram who you know, show, you know, kind of how they use the year and day in their real lives and their daily rituals and how they entertain. And that's been amazing. And then of course we use advertising on top of that in order to, you know, kind of thoughtfully capture um, audiences who may have seen us one place or another. And then kind of that ultimately, you know, retargets them into the transaction that fuels our business. Um, you know, Instagram advertising is in many ways is um, about testing and, and learning what works well. And I'd say like, it also is an area, you know, I, I have never, we have somebody on the team who runs that now, like who's, 
incredibly talented, very, 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 very smart, like individual, which doesn't mean that you need to have like a Wharton MBA and have worked at Goldman Sachs to do it. I think that like many people learn, can learn this discipline and learn how to succeed at it. But like, you know, there are, and there's, there's tons of resources on the internet about how you can get smart about it. And it is important to get smart about it because, um, there are, you know, ways to drive efficiency through testing and learning and iterating and creative iterations that I think are a cornerstone of a strong strategy, regardless of the scale of your spend. And the reality is, is that that landscape is dynamic and it's not static. So you have to continue to stay really smart. And, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of probably true for all things new business and entrepreneurship, but, you know, that's one area in particular where you just need to be continually like paying attention. And so, if that is an investment that you are intending to make as an entrepreneur, just know it's not a set it and forget it exercise and make the decision to go on it or not go on it accordingly. Because one of the things I have learned in the process of, you know, running year and day is exactly that. Like no aspect of the business like runs itself. Hey guys, it's Alyssa from Work Party and I'm here to tell you about FabFitFun. In case you've been living under a rock, FabFitFun is a seasonal lifestyle subscription box that delivers premium fashion, fitness, home, and beauty products straight to your door for just $49 a box. Even better, products are full-sized and each box values at over $200. The holidays are upon us, which for some of us means that gift shopping is already in full swing. Take a second to treat yourself in the midst of the holiday chaos with the FabFitFun Winter Box. You can customize the products to your interests or spice things up with the mystery box option, which is what I did, and loved the surprise of opening my box. I received a Bluetooth shower speaker from Bandeau, and let me tell you, it was something I never knew I needed, and now I can't imagine my showers without it. Right now, FabFitFun is offering Work Party listeners $10 off their first box with code WORKPARTY at checkout. Beyond the box, your FabFitFun subscription gives you access to members-only pre-sales and FabFitFun TV which is a video platform that offers on-demand exclusive video content. My favorite one is the breakfast banana pop recipe. Plus, FabFitFun supports female-led businesses. Many products in the box are from female-founded companies, and each season, FabFitFun partners with a new nonprofit to raise awareness. I mean, really, what are you waiting for? Sign up for your FabFitFun subscription today, and don't forget, enter code WORKPARTY, W-O-R-K-P-A-R-T-Y at checkout to receive $10 off your first FabFitFun box. Okay, guys, it's time to talk about everyone's favorite topic, wrinkles. Everyone deals with them at some point, but thankfully there are ways to keep them at bay. And no, I'm not talking about going under the knife. I'm talking about CO Skin Patches, my best-kept beauty secret. They're medical-grade silicone patches that combat fine lines and wrinkles overnight. That's right, these patches reduce the appearance of brow, smile, chest, hand, and even necklines in just a matter of hours. They're sensitive skin approved, non-toxic, reusable, and even preventative against future wrinkles. In a recent consumer survey, 87% of participants reported experiencing smoother, softer, and more hydrated skin after just one single use. See what all the fuss is about and try CO for yourself. Right now, they're running an extra special offer just for work party listeners. Enter code WORKPARTY at checkout to receive 20% off a single purchase or your first subscription when you subscribe for auto refill. My favorite part is that they can be easily added into any existing skincare routine. At nighttime, simply cleanse, let your skin dry, apply the patches, then follow with your creams and serums around the patches. 
And in the AM, same thing. Proceed with your morning skincare routine as normal once the patches have been removed. They're easy, fast-acting, and travel-friendly. I mean, personally, I never travel without them. Don't forget, visit cobeauty.com, that's S-I-O-B-E-A-U-T-Y.com, and enter code WORKPARTY at checkout to receive 20% off your first purchase or your first subscription when you subscribe for auto refill. So I want to talk, you're a direct-to-consumer brand. So um, when it comes to being a direct-to-consumer brand, like what are some of the pros and what are some of the cons that you've found? So one of the pros of being direct is we have this direct relationships with our customers. Um, and also we have that direct relationship when it comes to selling too. So actually dinnerware is often a category where like people are buying it in an apartment store and then, you know, if they chip a dish or something like that, there isn't necessarily like a quick like real-time feedback loop and we have that quick real-time feedback loop and we have an incredible customer experience team that takes great great care of our customers and then shares all that data back with us and we feedback it it back to our suppliers and to our warehousing and fulfillment and to our brand teams and so that's amazing i'd say like you know we do see we've done pop-ups you know kind of and had irl experiences and we know that that's a great way of of reaching the customer and like we can sell a lot online, but when we unlock things offline that when they touch and feel, they get, you know, so, so excited. And like, that really helps drive um, new business. And so I think a question we're kind of asking ourselves now is like, what is that going to look like going forward? Because as a direct brand, it's expensive to open stores. It's expensive to like build a, a big IRL footprint. And so like, we've really loved doing pop-up shops, but there's a kind of a question of like, where we'll go next there and, and how um, we'll have kind of an omni-channel customer experience that ultimately allows us to kind of build the best business and service our customer where they want to be serviced. So that's definitely been a challenge. And then, you know, I think we're lucky in that we have a differentiated brand and a differentiated product from a visual standpoint. So we're able to step out but there are a lot of new brands that are emerging. And so I think it, it, it can become a little overwhelming for the consumer. So I think it's just really important to like, to stand out from the pack um, as well. So I want to talk about your commitment to sustainability. I think um, I want to hear a little bit more about how you're doing that. But also I think there's this connotation amongst entrepreneurs that being sustainable and having sustainable practices is, is more expensive, which it might be. I'd love to hear more about how from a business perspective was, I mean, obviously it's important to the philosophy, but also from like it hitting your PL, was that a huge commitment to make? It's interesting because that was a founding philosophy of the business. So like when I was visiting suppliers, I asked every single supplier, you know, how do you incorporate sustainability into your manufacturing processes? I walked to the factory floors to ensure that factory workers were ethically treated. Um, you know, it was, it was a cornerstone of how we built the assortment and our supplier relationships. So it hasn't been like a tax on our business external to kind of what's already built into basically our product economics. And, you know, fortunately, we also have built out a packaging system that's largely plastic free. So we also like, you know, that has been something that, you know, has been intentional. But again, there hasn't been a moment where we're like, okay, we need to eliminate X. So 
what's going to be the cost to change that? Instead, we just started off that way. So I think that, you know, and for example, we just launched um, a new product this fall, um, our clean burning infinite candle. And again, we came to it with like, how can we introduce sustainability here? And so our approach is to make our vessel, which is made of the same ceramics that our dinnerware is made of, reusable and refillable. We'll launch refills early next year to bring, you know, sustainability into an otherwise actually like quite wasteful category that nobody talks about. Um, So we, I'd say like, it's something that just, I think if you're a responsible business leader in the modern era, if you're not thinking about sustainability, anytime you make something new, you're, you're doing a disservice to your, to your business and to your customer. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to kind of take responsibility for uh, keeping sustainability at the forefront of our thought processes. Definitely. And so now that you have your team in place, how big is the company currently? We are currently eight people in San Francisco. Amazing. So (laughs) so when you first started, like, how was that ramp up? Like, was it? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So when we started, it was funny because like pre-launch, super scrappy, like, it was a valuable thing for me to find somebody who wanted part-time freelance contracts. Like those yeah. were words that like were music to my ears because it was like, okay, like I can pay you to do this discrete task. And then there's like no additional responsibility. So we launched, we had zero full-time employees. Then we had Eva Chen, Mandy Moore. You can imagine we have like sales rolling in and I had to like beg my brother to help with customer service. Like we had nobody to like, you know, we weren't answering phones, but like the email, like there was nobody there to answer the emails continuously and, and to stay on top of that. So that was not great. So, you know, after I raised our, our tranche of seed capital, building out and scaling the team has been at the forefront of my like responsibilities. And we now have an incredible team in San Francisco and everybody is awesome. And really good at what they do and hardworking and believes in our mission and really comes and brings like a great kind of like spirit of like hard work and great ideas and creativity and collaboration, which I am super grateful for. It took a long time to build that team longer than I wanted. Like, I think that, you know, that probably, yeah, it took, it took maybe a year, took about a year, even a little more to like get there. And obviously like, people came in along the way, but to get to that fully formed team, you know, took about that. And so, you know, I think finding great people who are believers in your business, excited about um, the vision and have the expertise to bring to your business with the hustle and creative learning mindset to work at a startup is difficult. And I feel like we're really lucky now and that we found those people, but it wasn't an overnight. Yeah. It's a constant, you know, it's constant learning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think you know, when it comes to what kind of boss you are, like, how do you, I think this is like an interesting thing because I think um, leadership has fundamentally changed. And I think also the this vibe and what gets projected in media of what a leader is versus what an actually is happening at a company, specifically startups, I should say, I think there is a lot of disconnect in terms of like, 
the type of leaders, also wanting women to be perfect leaders who can't have any negative things to say or anything, any kind of pushback or feedback because they're immediately a monster. Like it's, it's, a, it's a huge challenge, especially like a young millennial female leader. So how are you navigating that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, it starts, the team makes it easy. Um, so that's like one thing, but it still is, you know, it's a, it's, it's the fun, it's a fun challenge that I wake up to and every day it's different because as the company grows and the team grows, like my job also changes. So, you know, my job at this juncture feels very much like setting the vision, you know, hiring a great team, raising capital. Um, I'm very, very involved in our brand and marketing team. But the reality is I also like, because we were so scrappy early on and we had so few resources, like I know every part of the business inside and out. So when like, we've now brought on these great people who are running different aspects of the business, but I'm able to like, I'm now, you know, not very involved in the day to day of a lot of aspects of the business. Um, but I do know the full stack of behaviors and things that are happening there. And I think that that, yeah, I mean, I think that that like means that I have credibility for, like with everyone in terms of like knowing what their domain is. And like, I can also ask the right questions, I think, to to push the conversations forward to ensure that we're making the right decisions, managing partners in the right way, et cetera. So yeah, and that's obviously very new versus just running all of those aspects of the business myself. <laughs> and I think that's right. I, I'm the same way. I like, I understand every facet of the business. So for whatever reason, like something needs to be done, like I can do. And I think that's really important um, to be part of that conversation for sure. So we're going to wrap with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, and they don't have to be super short. If you have a story to tell, tell the story. But okay. do you say your biggest professional regret, regret is, even if you're not dwelling on it? Yes. Early on in my career, I'd actually say for the first 10 years of my career, I never spoke up. I never spoke up in meetings. I was like very much like, trying to be an A student and like not really knowing what that meant in the workplace. And I even brought it into business school in a way that I really, really regret um, because there's so much like easy, you know, that's a great place to learn and fail and to say stupid things. And like, it doesn't matter because, and so I really wish I'd spoke up more earlier on in my career and obviously I'm making up for it now, but nevertheless, like I really like, and that's a piece of advice for people early on in their career. Like yeah. you will not learn unless you try. And so if you just sit in a meeting and you're silent the whole time and you do that every meeting, like you are not going to learn anything. So you got to try. I love that. And the strangest thing you've ever done for work. Oh my goodness. So right when we launched Year and Day, I was in DC doing a small trunk show and we were going back to San Francisco to host an influencer lunch at a very chic store here called Hero Shop on a Monday at noon. And on Saturday at 5 p.m., I was told that the bud vases that we were using to decorate the table, as well as for gifts for our influencer guests, had gone missing. Oh, and that there were no bud vases available as guests, as gifts or as, you know, the tablescape. And this would have like, this would have ruined the whole event from my perspective, because like this was the whole like takeaway, you know, huge component of the event design. So it's five o'clock on a Saturday. I have a flight to San Francisco the next day. I canceled that flight. I call 
the head of our warehouse in Chicago. I asked him to meet me at the warehouse on a Sunday. I fly to O'Hare, drive to our warehouse, pick up two boxes of vases, go back to O'Hare, check the boxes, get back to San Francisco at like 8 p.m. or whatever, 9 p.m. on a Sunday, get them to the florist in time to be decorated. And it all went off seamlessly to the attendees, but a crazy logistical. uh, You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Got to make it happen. And your biggest career crush? Probably Sarah Blakely of Spanx. I've had her on the podcast. She's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's so incredible. I will have to go back and listen. I am so inspired by her, like her fortitude and persistence and like hackiness. And then her attitude during it all is just so incredibly admirable. It's an amazing story. And she's really, really wonderful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And can you tell everyone where they can find Year and Day? You can find Year and Day at yearandday.com and on Instagram at Year and Day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Have you bought your copy of Work Party the Book? Part Career Manifesto, part practical business advice, Work Party the Book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur the ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.